Now is the time and wherever you are is the place. The Citadel makes it easier to earn your degree by offering master's degrees, graduate certificates, and undergraduate degree completion programs that are entirely online. Flexible scheduling makes these programs convenient for working professionals. Online classes are held to the same high standards that consistently name the Citadel the number one master's granting public college in the South. The Citadel. Online. On your time. Visit citadel.edu slash online. And welcome back. Uh, can I use your mic? DJ! Hit me! This is the craziest thing I've ever experienced in my life. Gary Hoffman. The problem, sir, is that our hero is not, uh, he's not a handsome man. Shannon Farron. The whole crowd banged together and started chanting. Gary and Shannon. That's how the show started. It's a very late 80s vibe to it. That's a weird... So I was listening... she did that. I was listening to a morning show in San Francisco this morning. uh, Just because it's hosted by a woman who uh, worked at KFBK as well. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I was curious. And uh, she was taking calls about coronavirus. Oh, boy. And she said, this just reminded me because that chorus there, freak out, freak out, freak out. She said, I just want to see if people are freaking out about this or, you know, are we freaking out? And one of the callers sounded like every uh, woman of a certain age from Northern California, (laughs) Uh, like very Elizabeth Warren-esque. And she says, uh, I think you should stop saying freak out. We're not freaking out, as she properly freaked out during the call. And you could hear her head on fire. Yeah. (laughs) Well, again, I'm going to repeat this over. It's okay to be a little bit afraid and to take just a couple of tiny, itsy-bitsy precautions. Well, you and I probably have it because you spent your weekend, or at least part of your weekend, with a couple that had just come back from Italy. Right. And I was at Disneyland. Right. So between the two of us, one of us has this thing. That's okay. And by the end of the day, we'll both have it. Because we're Uh, in an airtight studio. I do think that we are fine. Uh, There are so many more people who use this studio on a regular basis who are at higher risk than we would be. Really? I feel comfortable. Uh, And I am am okay. Oh, they're they're at higher risk because they're older. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, compromised systems of some kind, yeah. perhaps. Um, and I don't know of any underlying physical compromise, any bad health I got. I don't know of any right now. So I think we're okay. Hey, you never know. Maybe it's time. We got to live our lives. Yeah, we do. We have to live our lives. We have to go about our daily lives and we have to make sure that we plan our vacations carefully. <laughs> that said, you have been, for lack of a better term, kind of freaking out this morning. Um, You've been in a little bit of a panic mode. Let me introduce you, and I'll tell you why. Let me introduce you to a guy named Dr. Matt McCarthy. He is an emergency room doctor at uh, New York's Presbyterian Hospital, and he was on CNBC this morning. This was what he said about coronavirus. Before I came here this morning, I was in the emergency room seeing patients. 
I still do not have a rapid diagnostic test available to me. Well, that's easy to do, is it not? Is it hard to manufacture? It is, it is easy to do for some countries. What happened in the United States is that the CDC created a test, up a reagent. sent a test out to 50 states, and then said, oh, hold up, don't use it, let us fix okay, it. How quickly it's can now we get March. On track now, Matt? We hear that it's coming very soon, but I'm here to tell you right now, at one of the busiest hospitals in the country, I don't have it at my fingertips. I still have to call the Department of Health. I still have to make my case plead to test people. This is not good. We know that there are 88 cases in the United States. There are going to be hundreds by middle of the week. There's going to be thousands by next week. Now, to, to clarify that, Dr. McCarthy is simply saying those cases already exist. We just haven't tested for them. And by the way, that interview from a few hours ago, he says 88. We're now up to 91 confirmed cases in the United States, counting the two deaths in Washington state. Side note, and it's all about me. One of those deaths was at Evergreen Hospital in Kirkland, Washington. That's where my daughter was born. Proud dad. So I almost got coronavirus. Right. I was there 18 years ago. Right. So I, that was was a close close call. call. Um, Dr. McCarthy uh, went on to say that the fact that we don't have the right tests available at the hospital emergency room level is a huge problem. We now have this um, in New York State, right? The person who tested positive was only the 32nd test we've done in the state. That is a national scandal. Okay, now, again, pump the brakes on everybody freaking out, lining up a Costco to buy seven uh, seven months' worth of toilet paper. Just wash your hands like you would do in a normal flu season. The numbers show that this is nowhere near as widespread as the flu flu. But people are freaking out. I wonder if this is going to help the flu numbers with people being more proactive in terms of washing their hands more frequently and all of that. I hope so. Yeah. My husband was at the market on Saturday. He said it seemed like people were stocking up for the apocalypse. Yeah. Buying like hundreds of dollars worth of groceries. And I said, do we have enough food and water? Water? (laughs) Is there water? Have we checked the well, Ma? (laughs) Uh, it's the, there's a matter of the, I think everybody should have very low grade concern at this point. I would be most concerned about society breaking down more so than the flu, more yeah, so than I'm getting more worried anything about from people's coronavirus. behavior and reaction to this than the actual coronavirus. Um, a little bit later in the show, we'll talk about Jackie Lacey's husband. And to be honest, I feel like those types of reactions, it has nothing to do with coronavirus. I'm not saying that he was sick with an unknown ailment of anything. But people are going to be people are going to be edgy and they're going to be touchy and they're going to fight over the last roll of toilet paper at the Costco. And that that's the part that I think is more concerning to me than any any threat that coronavirus poses when we come back though washington state is one of those places where people are concerned one of the major skyscrapers in downtown seattle has been closed school districts have been closed because of this the state of uh, the governor of the state jay inslee former democratic presidential candidate has declared a state of emergency what happens when this thing starts spreading throughout the homeless Populations. That, that is an absolute nightmare come true. And that's a lot of Seattle. Yeah. 
Seattle deals with this just like we do. All right. We'll but continue. nobody panic. It's all fine. Just go about, although that same Dr. McCarthy had said, maybe it's time we start talking about whether we cancel March Madness. Really? Yeah. Again, that's one doctor. He's He right now has the loudest voice because he was on CNBC today. I don't know how you can have the Olympics. That will be interesting. They've got we- several weeks before they have to pull the plug on that or that before they have a timeline if they have to pull the plug. But that will be interesting to see. All right. Gary and Shannon will continue. Shannon, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. A couple uh, officer-involved shootings yesterday, fatal ones. One in uh, Santa Ana at a Catholic church, and then one up in Santa Clarita, right in the middle of the parking lot outside the Santa Clarita Sheriff's Station, the gated area where the cops come in, the deputies come in and get out of their cars. Right with a gun approached deputies there and was shot and killed. Looks like we have an arrest in one of the true crime stories that we've been following. This one out of southern Colorado, that missing 11-year-old member, Gannon Staunch. Looks like there are multiple reports that his stepmother has been arrested for first-degree murder. Ooh. This was a boy who disappeared about a month ago. And we had heard from several different people on Facebook that there was suspicion in the community around the stepmother. Yeah. Um, She was the last one to see the boy. She said she saw him after school. He was heading to a friend's house. But there was surveillance video that shows her leaving with him in the car and then coming back without him. We've been talking about uh, COVID-19, coronavirus, and what's going on around the country Around the world, of course, but around the country specifically, right now with 91 cases within the United States that have been confirmed, two deaths, both of those in Washington state. Uh, Again, 330 million people in the country and only two deaths. This is, you know, more people died from bee stings yesterday probably than, than coronavirus. But Washington state appears to be the current epicenter of what they're hoping is not, but very well could be, an outbreak. Um, they said that coronavirus may be circulating undetected and may have infected scores of people over the last six weeks in Washington state. The reason they're saying that is they did a genetic analysis of virus samples from two different patients, two virus samples. One is from a patient who traveled from China to Snohomish County in the middle of January and was the first person diagnosed with coronavirus in the United States. The, the other, other. Go ahead came from a recently diagnosed patient in the same county, a high school student with no travel-related or other known exposure to the coronavirus. Yeah, and the issue is that the two samples looked almost identical genetically. Which shows that there has been cryptic transmission in Washington State for the past, oh, six weeks. Now, officials in Seattle, in King County uh, in general, announced that four more people tested positive for coronavirus yesterday, including the second person in the state to die. So 13 confirmed cases within Washington state. Now, what they've done in Washington state, we mentioned the governor has declared a state of emergency. There are a handful of schools in the Seattle area. There was one, Bothell High School, in the Kirkland area, which is where the two people died in Kirkland. The Bothell High School was closed Thursday and Friday because a student had come down with symptoms. There's, I believe that that person did test negative, 
but they went through and just as a precaution, scrubbed the whole school down. There were other schools that have closed down today because students or staff showed flu-like symptoms, and they are currently being tested for coronavirus. And one school district is going to close every door tomorrow. Teachers have to show up, but all schools in the North Shore District up in Seattle are going to be closed so that the faculty can plan and train for what they call remote learning if they have to close the schools down. Again, that's the biggest fear. It, the, 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 the way people react to this, I think, is probably more dangerous than what the flu, what what the coronavirus could do to them. When's the last time we had any sort of response like this? Well, we didn't do this for swine flu or SARS no. or bird flu or any of that no, stuff. No, we didn't. We just said, so what's the... hey, let's wash our hands more and right. just be aware of what goes on. I went to Mexico during the swine flu epidemic because it was so cheap, dirt cheap. Like, I rolled the dice pretty... Uh, pretty hard right there. Pretty yeah, hard. Uh, and you didn't come up seven, so that's fine, right? I mean, But why, point, why are we now freaking out about this and closing down schools and uh, massive skyscrapers in Seattle? Oh, that was the other one. F5 is a, is a tower, is a skyscraper they built just a couple of years ago. And the F5 tower, 44 floors... The entire thing is closed down. There was an employee, one single employee who had been in contact with someone who did test positive for coronavirus. So they shut the entire 44 floor building down and are going to disinfect the entire building, they say. I don't know how you do that. And I don't know how you do it in a timely manner. That's days worth of workers in there trying to scrub down every surface. Well, this is sad. James Lipton has died. Ah, 93 years old. I had no idea he was 93. You know, the Inside the Actor Studio was one of the great was one of the great shows that had I mean, there was not a lot of uh production value in that thing. No. Two or three cameras. It was all James Lipton. He did his own research, he did his own questions, and he was able to take all those masks off all those actors who were so good at putting those masks up. Yeah. And you got to see who these people really were. And there was laughter and there was crying and it was so real. When you see people who are making their money at a not being real every day, when you see them in that raw atmosphere, it's just Captivating. When we had, um, oh, Itzkoff, uh, New York Times writer came in and talked about Robin Williams, the book that he wrote. Oh, Dave? Dave Itzkoff. Yeah. Um, when we had him in, it was not maybe two or three days later that I saw the, the Inside the Actor Studio with Robin Williams. Yeah. And to that, I mean, mm-hmm. that's a perfect example of what you're talking about. A guy who you rarely got to see Robin Williams as Robin Williams. He was always a character. And even in that show, he was. I mean, at certain uh, points in that episode, he's clearly playing a character. But that James Lipton was able to go in and grab the real person and bring them out. Um, 93. I didn't think he was that old. Before that series, he played the Long, the long Ranger's nephew on the radio. Wrote TV scripts, Broadway lyrics. There's a lot more to him even than we knew. Uh, Will Ferrell used to do a good impression of him as well on Saturday Night Live every once in a while. Yes. 
Uh, all right. When we come back, politics, big news uh, politically. Joe Biden took South Carolina, but Tom Steyer, even though he shows up in third place in South Carolina, says he's out. And Pete Buttigieg is gay. I mean, uh, he, he dropped out of the race is what I meant to say. Yeah. Gary and Shannon. He's going to go find himself a nice girl. and No. You don't think so? No, he's married to a man. Pete Buttigieg is? Live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Well, it looks like it's relatively good news on Wall Street right now. The Dow trying to claw back at some of those losses that we saw last week. Dow is up 596 right now. Tech stocks leading the gains. It was the worst weekly drop since the financial crisis of 08. Um, the Supreme Court has agreed to this, decide a lawsuit threatening Obamacare. Uh, the decision probably actually wouldn't come in until after the 2020 election. They said today that they would hear an appeal by 20 mostly Democratic states of a lower court ruling that declared part of Obamacare unconstitutional. Um, we mentioned just before the news there that James Lipton died the, inside the actor's studio host. Long time, uh, died at the age of 93. We also found out over the weekend that former chair and CEO um, Jack Welch, CEO of General Electric, died at the age of 84. And did you hear about some, something else that just died? No. Minnesota Senator Amy Klobuchar's campaign. Oh, oh my gosh. I thought you were going to kill off her for a minute there. No. That would have been quite I a... I was like, what happened to her? She dropped out. Okay. All right. All right. She's going to endorse Joe Biden. That's not a surprise. This is such a move. To try and steal back some attention from Pete Buttigieg and his. <laughs> Wait a minute. Yes, because he drops out. And I, my initial feeling was, why right now? Well, Joe Biden ran away with South Carolina, ran yes. away with it. Definitive victory. And I think Buttigieg is angling for that vice president role. Biden Buttigieg ticket. And now she drops out because everyone keeps talking about that today and that possibility of um, of of, uh, of the more moderate ticket. Yeah. And 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 he's got the gay thing going on. She's got the woman thing going on. So that's like up to you, Biden. And they you want both, a woman or you want a gay guy? They both nail down the Midwest. And not to just not to not to diminish them down to those two things. But those are but important politically. We're all thinking it. Yeah. So, well, I have I have uh, Pete Buttigieg on my presidential election fantasy league team, so I have to write a love letter for him. I think I may have her on my team. I'm not sure. I don't remember. Nick has Tom Steyer. Nick got Tom. St- Nick is technically the. First, I'm done. The first and only person to lose seven candidates in the presidential election fantasy league, even though the teams were only up six. I don't remember who it was dropped out so soon that they gave we gave him Tom Steyer as a makeup. But he's already lost seven candidates. So not that you're a curse or anything, Nick. But this Klobuchar move is a direct assault on Pete Buttigieg. We know that there's no love loss there. And well, that they are fighting to be the the next up moderate. And she has already endorsed Biden. I don't yeah. think Buttigieg has yet. No, he right. hasn't. Although and she's going to Dallas tonight to campaign for Biden. Oh, wow. Now, it would make sense if Pete Buttigieg 
comes out and endorses Biden because of the two people at the top in terms of the number of delegates that they currently have. Sanders, of course, with more than Joe Biden, but they're at least close. Right. They're in the 50, I think 56 to 50 right now in terms of delegates. Um, There's no way that Pete Buttigieg endorses Bernie Sanders. So this going forward is going to be pretty interesting. Of course, um, we mentioned the the South Carolina primary and Joe Biden gets 48 percent of the vote on Saturday. Bernie Sanders, 20 percent. Tom Steyer actually came in at third uh, at 11 percent. He's out of the race. Buttigieg, 8 percent. He's out of the race. Elizabeth Warren, 7 percent. She has been saying or at least her campaign has been saying that she will stay yeah. in until the convention. I believe that. And I think that interior polling be damned. She wants to stay in to fight the Bloombergs. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because she has proven herself as the only one that can kind of take him on. P.S. I got a text message over the weekend from somebody with the Bloomberg campaign. Hi, Shannon. This is Kathleen. With the Bloomberg for all or whatever the hell it is. Are you with us type of a thing? Like, How do these people know my name? Like, how do they? I, We've got to stop answering the phones. <laughs> you know, it's like I can understand just blanket text messages right. to a variety of numbers. But how do they know my name? It makes me less inclined to vote for you. I guess you pay enough for the right lists. You're going to get names with it. Here, yeah. was, uh, here was Pete Buttigieg announcing that he's dropping out. I will no longer seek to be the 2020 Democratic nominee for president. But. I will do everything in my power to ensure that we have a new Democratic president come January. And we sent a message to every kid out there wondering if whatever marks them out as different means they are somehow destined to be less than. To see that someone who once felt that exact same way can become a leading American presidential candidate with his husband at his side. I think he... I think he misspoke there. He said his husband by his side. I think he yeah, meant that yeah, he's... Yeah, no, uh, Gary, Pete Buttigieg is gay. He's married to a man. Um, well, I didn't see the I know you don't picture. see... I know you don't see... Sexuality? Sexual orientation. Right. Uh, this is fascinating to me. I really want to know all the behind-the-scenes stuff. So, like, Pete drops out. I'm just going to call him Pete from now on because I really stumble with that last name. Pete uh, Pete <laughs> drops out, and then it's kind of like, you know, the behind-the-scenes stuff is just like, okay, what is, are they going to offer me to get me on board? You know, if he, what is Biden going to offer me? Does somebody get on the phone between those two campaigns and, and it's like – Biden's willing to offer to put you as head of the DNC or Biden will give you a cabinet position cabinet or, level or position, vice yeah. president or whatever. And the the withholding of the endorsement to get what Pete wants out of the deal. And then Amy Klobuchar comes in and is like, you know what? We see you drop out and we will raise you one and we're going to endorse Biden and hoping to, to just cram herself in there. So along those lines, I wonder if the DNC actually has something to say about that. They're not happy. No matter what anybody tells you, the Democratic National Committee is not happy that Bernie Sanders is leading this thing right now. They have no control. They lost all that control in 2016. Right. And and they screwed Bernie Sanders out of the nomination then to give it to Hillary Clinton. And I wonder if they're going to try to do it again by consolidating what was sort of the moderate uh, end of the ticket because, I mean, you drop out, you drop Pete and you drop Amy Klobuchar. Those are two of the most moderate. Tom Steyer, even, if you want to count him as that, the three probably most moderate candidates that were up on the debate stage recently. 
you get those three out and consolidate their voting if they can and throw their endorsement to Biden, the Democratic National Committee is much more happy that they're cutting down the or they're they're consolidating their votes. They're not splitting the votes between moderates now. If you're Joe Biden, who do you ride with? I think uh, you mean between those two? Yeah. Between Pete Buttigieg and Amy Klobuchar. I would at this point not pick between them. I would ask I would ask both of them to campaign on my behalf. That's what I would say. I don't, and I don't know if they but will. I mean, I mean you what, mentioned who do you think he has a better chance of winning with? With on the ticket? I think it's kind of the same people and the same amounts of people who would say, "Well, I'll vote for him because that's the first openly gay uh, right. candidate," or "I'll vote for him because that's the first woman." Um, he's talked about having a woman though, like early on. Remember, he yeah. said, "Oh yeah. yeah, I'll have a woman on my but ticket." But I, but I wonder if there would be more pressure to have a woman of color. On the ticket as the vice president. Oh, I thought Kamala Harris was a shoe in to be on that ticket until she went after him at the debate. Yeah, that's not happening. No, <laughs> that's not. That's not going to go anywhere. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know the, the choice between those two. If those two are the sort of leaders right now in terms of a vice presidential candidate, I think for him being the moderate, those are the two. Those are the other two moderates. Then I think he'd have to go f- with a woman. That's yeah. what I think. Yeah. Um, we'll come back. We'll talk more. Tom Steyer dropped out as well. Play some sound from Tom Steyer. And then talk about what's coming up tomorrow, Super Tuesday, where literally hundreds and hundreds of delegates are available to, you know, Bernie Sanders, who only has 56 as of right now. we got a long ways to go. We'll say on top of this coronavirus news, it seems like every minute something new comes out. A crew of Orange County firefighters who were exposed to a patient who's being tested for the virus are now themselves under isolation at a station in Irvine. Engine Company 20 encountered the patient Saturday night. The station has been disinfected. Firefighters are in isolation until their test results come back. Remember. It's not like firefighters come in contact with anybody. No, it's fine. Anybody works in healthcare, emergency room, or grocery stores, movie theaters. Don't panic. I'm not panicking. That's not panic. All right. It's not sweat. No, no, it's that's not. the flu showing. Gary and Shannon will continue in just a moment. Do you see the video of Jackie Lacey's husband? Uh, she is in quite the fight to keep her seat as district attorney because George Gascon wants to uh, infiltrate the DA's office as a public defender. One of the key things to keep in mind when you're voting is to vote Jackie Lacey because this guy is the author of Prop 47. He wants to basically let everybody out and prosecute no one. But... She has been in this big fight, and the Black Lives Matter protesters have gone after her for for unfounded reasons for months now, and they follow her everywhere. You know, this is what this video of her husband having a a handgun pointing it at people at his front door doesn't show you, that wherever she goes for months, there are people... They're screaming at her. Yeah. And what time of day was this? In the middle of the night, it looks like. That's that's the other problem is they're standing out in front of her house and the whoever the person was that knocked on the door wrote on Twitter, 
I was just politely going to ask the DA if she would attend the community you meeting. You showed That's... up in the middle of the night on her doorstep. What do you expect? She doesn't know who you are. Um, at 11, Jackie Lacey is going to hold a media availability Uh-oh. about the incident. Uh-oh. Now, here's, yeah. here's the other thing I don't understand about it. We'll talk more about it uh, coming up at 11. We'll play the sound for you as well. Um, but what I don't understand is people using that as an argument against reelecting Jackie Lacey as the district's attorney. See this. Right. See what this proves. Well, he's defending his property. He's defending his family. What? And, you know, the whole fight with Jackie Lacey from Black Lives Matter doesn't make any damn sense. Jackie Lacey grew up in South, South Central yeah. Los Angeles. She has talked about being terrified of walking to school because there was so much gang activity. Her father was painting over graffiti and was shot. He survived it, but was shot by gang members in that area. She knows that Black Lives Matter for the love of God. Good Lord. Uh, Speaking of politics, South Carolina took a toll. We just found out a few minutes ago that Amy Klobuchar has decided to drop out of the race. She will make an appearance for Vice President Biden later tonight in Texas and is expected to uh, give him her full endorsement. And hopefully uh, Biden is hoping that all of her voters would go that way as well. Um, Pete Buttigieg is out. And then Tom Steyer also decided that he's going to drop out of the race. I said if I didn't see a path to winning, that I'd suspend my campaign. And honestly, I can't see a path where I can win the presidency. Now, he, along with Michael Bloomberg, He has said he will continue to spend money on Democratic candidates and to support Democratic candidates in an attempt to get Donald Trump out of office. The and he's got billions and billions of dollars. I mean, he was spending a couple hundred million already in advertisements. And by the way, you might even still hear them because, I mean, they already paid for him. Might as well get your name out there, I guess. Um, But he said he doesn't have any regrets. And this has been a great experience. I have zero regrets. There you go. Um, despite the fact that he's, you know, $200 million or however much he spent on advertising, a little lighter in the wallet, he says he doesn't have any regrets. Um, Joe Biden, of course, is this will be uh, tomorrow will be the big test for Joe Biden. There was a concern that South Carolina was going to be his firewall. I don't think anybody was really surprised that he won Although I would be surprised at the margin by which he ran, uh, by which he won almost 30 percentage points. He beat Bernie Sanders in South Carolina. Part of that is the black vote. But part of that also is people freaking out about Bernie Sanders legitimately being the nominee a Democrats, because there are people who are not going to vote for a socialist. And there's some concern that tomorrow, for example, people who did vote for Pete Buttigieg, their vote is lost now. You know, in California, their vote is lost. There are people who voted for Andrew Yang early. There are people who voted for Amy Klobuchar, people who voted for Tom Steyer. And those those votes are going to be lost had they known earlier that those people weren't going to be in, although it didn't take a whole lot to figure out that that Tom Steyer, Amy Klobuchar weren't going to make it eventually. Had they known earlier, maybe they are able to consolidate behind Joe Biden. Uh, going forward. But again, this is tomorrow is a gigantic day because not only is it um, is it California, uh, California voting. That's obviously the biggest get Texas, North Carolina, Virginia, um, Minnesota, all of these states that have dozens of delegates available 
will be voting tomorrow. So this is a the, the first real big opportunity to stop the momentum that is Bernie Sanders. If anybody can put that together, I don't know. I mean, Joe Biden's clearly the only one who could. Yeah, I think that's what you're looking at. Joe Biden, Bernie Sanders, who who takes more of tomorrow. Um, but I think that there is definitely some panic among Democrats who say, you know, I know Bernie's only talked about giving away school and stuff for free so far. Right. But you don't know what that guy's going to do. I mean, I don't know how much he would be able to accomplish. Well, that's the other thing is it, people said the same thing about Donald Trump, that, that he they were appreciative of the fact that the way our government works is it's not one person who gets to decide all of that stuff. They've got to go through Congress. Right. It's got to pass a judicial test. And the assumption is that a relatively level-headed Congress would be able to keep uh, Bernie Sanders in check. But still, that's a... I could just see him executive ordering his way through his administration because he doesn't work with people. No, no, I mean, that's been the the thing about Bernie Sanders throughout his whole career is he refuses to engage in pleasantries. He won't work with anyone. He's totally undiplomatic. Even Hillary Clinton calls him not likable. And that's bad. <laughs> All right. Jack- pot. Jackie Lacey, and uh, we will, well, maybe we'll monitor our comments, too, coming up. Gary and Shannon will continue right after this. Shannon, KFI AM 640 live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Second day of March on this Monday. Tomorrow, of course, is Super Tuesday. At 12.30, we'll get into Swamp Watch to talk more about politics. But the big news politically is that now Amy Klobuchar has announced she's dropping out of the Democratic race. Along with Tom Steyer, Pete Buttigieg made the announcements yesterday that they will not be running. So it's basically down to Joe Biden, Bernie Sanders. And uh, we'll see how this uh, tomorrow goes. It's hundreds and hundreds of delegates uh, up for grabs. Well, the fight between D.A. Jackie Lacey and the Black Lives Matter protesters began when that politically connected fundraiser, Ed Buck, was found to be what appeared to be drugging and uh, assaulting two black men in his home in West Hollywood. And they felt like the DA's office was looking the other way because this guy was politically connected. When in fact, and you'll hear from the detectives, there just wasn't the evidence that they needed to prosecute. Back then, they um, there was a meeting of the Stonewall Democratic Club to discuss the handling of the Buck case, the Ed Buck case. And Jackie Lacey had apparently promised to arrange a meeting, but never came through on that promise. So they decided Melina Abdullah, a Black Lives Matter organizer and a CSULA professor, said they decided to have the meeting in front of her house. They have harassed her for months over this. I mean, they show up to wherever she is. They scream at her. It's hard to live your life when, when you've got people trailing you like that. And the thing is, is that Jackie Lacey is fighting, has been fighting for this cause, for these causes for a long time. Like I mentioned, she's from South Los Angeles. 
Um, she remembers living in a gang infested area in the 70s, walking past a, a apartment complex called the Jungle, where several gang members were going to be there. She remembers being terrified. She has fought for these communities for her entire career. She says, you know, my, my father was shot when he was painting over graffiti. And just like he would not bow down to criminals, I won't either. And that's a pretty powerful voice, especially if you're still living in an area uh, where gang violence is a problem. I mean, she knows about Black Lives Matter more than a lot of people. This is also uh, timed very importantly because tomorrow is uh, the primary when it comes to the election for DA. She's up against uh, she's up for reelection against George Gascon, a guy who was the DA in San Francisco. We saw how that turned out. And he wants to come down and be the DA in L.A. County, uh, along with Rachel Rossi, I think is her name, the other candidate that's running. So, But uh, Gascon and, and Jackie Lacey are the two that are um, highest in the polls right now. So it's, This is clearly timed it, it, to, to try to show – I mean, they never would have guessed that somebody was going to pull a gun on them perhaps when they got up to the door – but it's clearly time to make Jackie Lacey look bad going into the primary tomorrow. Well, and you can imagine the frustration that her husband feels. If your wife is constantly targeted as being screamed out in public and as being harassed uh, if for no reason, too, uh, you can understand the frustration that you see in the video when he is just defending his family, his property, by people who show up in the middle of the night on their doorstep. Right now, get off. Good morning. Get off of my porch. I will shoot you. Get off of my porch. Can you tell Jackie Lacey that we're here? I don't care who you are. Mm -hmm. Get off of my porch right now. We're calling the police right now. Good. People with a drum out on the sidewalk, by the way. He pulled a gun and pointed it at my chest. We're here for the community meeting, Jackie Lacey. Jackie Lacey, Maybe you'll shoot me in the back. Jackie Lacey has committed her career to putting criminals in prison, right? I, I, I am so confused about this entire race. It about doesn't the, make any the sense. The allegations against her that she is somehow the wrong person for the job or that George Gascon is the right person for the job. Um, th- listen, it, it, he did go, he, I think he went too far. Uh, but I can understand the frustration. Yes. It came to a head. Yeah. Especially, when I people mean, people are listen, turning up in the middle of the can, night at your house. This is the thing. Listen to what's right going on. Good. There's people out on the sidewalk and they've been out there for hours and they're banging drums and they're yelling at your house. It's the, I don't, it's, it's too bad. The timing of it sucks. Um, she is expected to make some sort of a, a statement relatively soon, and we're going to have to listen in on it because I think it's um, it will be. I don't know what she says. I mean, she apologizes uh, for her husband's behavior, but at the same time, wouldn't you be? I'd be ecstatic if my wife went out there and tried to protect me from a bunch of a-holes like that. I just don't understand why this group has a problem with her when she's trying to defend black lives through what she does every single day. The, you know, the uh, the Twitter comments on the video, people have re- been reposting this video uh, uh, throughout social media. The Twitter comments are probably the, some of the most racist comments that I've seen 
associated with anything that has to do with politics. I mean, if that was your wife, you'd be that pissed off, too. Right. I mean, I would have probably the same reaction. Uh, When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more uh, about what's going on with Judge Judy. Judge what? Judge Judy makes more money than God. And she's getting out of the business. Well, for now, she's uh, sold, apparently, her whole catalog of Judge Judy, but she's going to come back as a... I'm trying to think about the last time I watched Judge Judy, and I want to say I was, uh, you know, at home sick on my grandmother's couch. It's very possible. It's been 25. She's been on the air for 25 years. Yeah. Gary and Shanna will continue in just a moment. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. DA Jackie Lacey uh, is making comments right now after her husband apparently pulled a gun on uh, protesters this morning at their house, right on their front porch. Pretty emotional. The gun, too, that he was sorry. And he's profoundly sorry that he meant no one any harm. That it was just him and I in that house. And we really didn't know what was about to happen. I, too, am sorry if anybody was harmed. It's never my intent to harm any protester. I just want to live in peace and do my job. I want to thank you for coming today and uh, open it up to any questions, if there are. Jackie, I totally get what you're saying. It's it would be very difficult to I totally you know, get like, what you're saying. Kind of That's Claudia. That Go easy on her. But your office has prosecuted people for things like this, and in the video, it looks like their husband has his finger on the trigger. Like this could have turned into something very, very serious, more serious than it was. So what do you say to that? Our office has turned this over to another agency, obviously, because I'm involved. And I really don't have any remarks to make because I wasn't down there at the time. All right, we've been listening to uh, Los Angeles. Um, This was a very emotional Jackie Lacey addressing reporters today, talking about how she has been threatened for months. There have been death threats. There have been people shouting at her in public. They follow her everywhere. It's impossible to live her life. Yeah, I want to play part of the um, the comments from from earlier in the commercial break she was making, and we recorded some of them to that end about be, just being hounded by people yeah. all the time. Uh, yes, please bring that up there. Threats, some of them death threats. I have been followed. Photographed while with my family. Yeah. Confronted at art an art museum. I might have. St- Confronted at fundraisers. Even at endorsement interviews, I've had people crash them and videotape me. And all of this is because I chose to do my job. I'm a human being. 
I'm a public servant. I've dedicated my life to the profession that stands up for victims of violent crime. And I'm not ashamed of that. And I'm not sorry that I'm doing that. As district attorney, the minute you take this job, you're going to anger people. People are going to be angry because you either did file a case or you didn't file a case. But your job is to uphold the Constitution, to uphold the laws of the state of California, and to be fair, and to only do things that you know in your heart of heart are the right things, even if it means you will suffer personal consequences. That's who I am, and that's who I will always be. Now you can imagine, believe it or not, the Lacy's are private people. We expect that people will exercise their First Amendment right. But our home is our sanctuary. And we do not believe, I do not believe, it is fair or right for protesters to show up at the homes of people who dedicate their lives to public service. I mean, just, I mean, you could hear in her voice that she's so emotional about this. Yeah, it's frustrating. And I can see how it's just boiled over into this. Um, They are, the Black Lives Matter people are having a press conference at noon. Um, They're demanding that he be arrested. Please. Well, listen, she did make that comment. Uh, She has turned it over. I assume it just goes to the state attorney general's office. And whoever, whatever law enforcement agency, um, because she she referred to having turned it over to a different agency because of her involvement with this, um, and I I don't know if they're within the city of Los Angeles, uh, if their home is within the city, because I guess the city attorney could potentially yeah take over. But uh, listen, I I'm not, have- I'm not arguing that he shouldn't be in trouble for this. Well, I'm we, just where's our a- right to defend our homes and our families in the middle of the night when strangers come knocking on your door? He didn't know what they were capable of. You don't know what's on the other side. Yeah, yeah but but listen, there's a point. I, again, I'm I feel like I'm in a weird situation because I totally understand this guy. I totally understand the frustration, the fear, even the the absolute uh, aggravation with these people that continue to badger him and his wife, but. The video is pretty damning in that it wasn't a flash of a gun or a threat. I have a gun. Well, they weren't leaving. They were not leaving. Well, I guess I know to leave your parties early then. Yeah, you're damn right. I don't need you. uh... I have bad news. What's the? You're a horrible person. You you killed James Lipton last hour. James Lipton. He was 93. Okay, what's the horrible news? Health officials in Washington state oh my say three more people have died. What? Seriously? Five in the state now have died. It's it's going to be a problem up there. It's going to be a real problem. Well, are they all at that one nursing care facility? Uh, that's what we don't know question. yet because there's like 50 people who were showing symptoms there. Mm-hmm. And that's a particularly susceptible group, yeah. according to the health officials. It's like a cruise ship without water. 
They said the virus may have been circulating for weeks undetected in Washington state. Uh, I want to play for you again. This is Dr. Matt McCarthy from New York's Presbyterian University Hospital talking about why this is such a bad, bad thing. I don't have it at my fingertips. He's talking about the testing. He doesn't have it at his fingertips. I don't have it at my fingertips. I still have to call the Department of Health. I still have to make my case plead to test people. This is not good. We know that there are 88 cases in the United States. There are going to be hundreds by middle of the week. There's going to be thousands by next week. There you go. Again, not to make people afraid of it, it probably already exists. It's just that there have not been uh, adequate tests. Hey, you may have gotten it and beat it. Huh? Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> All right. Gary and Shannon will continue. Did he just call our office the home? It's all right. He's stressed. It's crunch it's time. like a home in there. Okay, I want to update like the ward. Yeah. Uh, so King County, the county that is home to Seattle, is uh, just held a news conference this morning to update everybody on how things are going. Dead. Uh, I will say not well. They say they have now 14 cases of COVID-19 coronavirus. They have 14 cases, uh, including five deaths. At this point, the county, according to Jeff Duchin, the health officer for the agency, uh, the the county is purchasing a motel to house isolated Mm, patients. This is not good. Setting up modular units to do exactly the same thing. Basically, people should have essentials in the house similar to what one uh, might keep around in case of an earthquake, now they've according got to the state health officer. Five deaths in King County, they yep. said, and then one in Snohomish County, according to Cairo. Yeah. That would bring – so it's six. Total six, yeah. Okay. And that's hmm. not good that they're in different places. <laughs> that is not good. Snohomish County is suburbs – because like Seattle. you said, if if in fact someone had it as much as six weeks ago, uh, we mentioned earlier that they've tested people, different, uh, totally isolated, not connected people that show uh, basic genetic similarity. The virus is the same one. That's not. The bad. first man who died had no history of travel or contact with a known coronavirus case. Now, Which the, means that it is being transmitted through that community. Right. But th- again, this is an important thing that they haven't done yet, that if in terms of tamping down people's fears, they need to. They need to tell us what else these people are dealing with. These are, for the most part, older people or people with compromised immune systems mm-hmm. or people with underlying health conditions. For the most part, those people who have died from this. Well, the first guy there was a man in his 50s. Right, but I think he also had some underlying health issues like heart disease and things like that. They should let us know. That's what I mean. Yeah. That, that, the, that I think is very important for health officials to get out there in terms They're of – They're not elaborating on his underlying conditions according to uh, the health officials because of patient privacy. Okay, 
This is another thing. We, we're now getting into one of those situations where it's starting to heat up a little bit, you're, right? You're freaking out I a am bit. not freaking out. Okay. I'm just saying that if the governor of the state of Washington decides that there needs to – it is warm in here. It's and hot. I <clears throat> Tickle in my throat. <laughs> uh, if, if you've decided that it requires a state of emergency declaration – then maybe we start rolling back some concern about the dead guy's health and worry more about the healthy people's health. Yes. And start saying he was a chronic smoker. He had heart disease. He had diabetes. He had whatever, whatever it is that may have contributed. all of the ailments. More information, the better, even though the guy is dead and may invade his privacy. That's what I'll say. Judge Judy is going to end after 25 seasons. You know, she is full of bad news today. (laughs) Sorry. You know, she is 77 years old and she makes 47 million a year at 77. That is a profitable elderly. A profitable elderly. Uh, I mean, seriously, could you imagine making forty-seven million a year at seventy-seven? You gotta, you just have to live it up at that point. Did don't you see you? the Tony Romo deal over the weekend? Or just give it away? Seventeen million. That's not bad. He got a deal before Dak Prescott did, <laughs> and it's twenty twenty. <laughs> um, um, she was on Ellen. To talk about this, or she'll be on Ellen today to talk about this. She says, I've had a 25-year-long marriage with CBS television, and it's been successful. Next year will be our 25th silver anniversary at CBS. Sort of felt I think they wanted to optimally utilize the repeats of my program. But you know what that means? That means that Judy Scheindlin, who owns Judge Judy, the show, was able to accept a gigantic lottery size. Joke check from CBS to the tune of about $100 million. On top of the money that she makes every year from syndication, she just sold the rest of it outright, the 25 years worth of episodes. What kind of ratings does Judge Judy get? They must be through the roof. I don't I don't know. And I don't know. Here's the other thing. They're, they're timeless episodes. There's nothing that right. depends on when you see. The ones from 25 years ago are just as entertaining and exciting as the ones from two years ago. I think part of it is, yeah, it's like uh, voyeurism on train wrecks. Sure. Um, Nine million people a day. Judge Judy ranks one of the top-rated syndicated programs, roughly nine million viewers every single day. Wow. And is currently the most watched court show. Um, They have been hit with lawsuits, I guess, over the sale of her library to CBS and – Profits from her show. This uh, this spring, or last spring, I should say, during sweeps in February, she was again the most watched and highest rated show for eleven out of twelve of the past major sweeps periods. Seven point eight rating. And she's she's quietly one of the most powerful women in Hollywood, right? Yeah. I mean, because you don't hear much about her. You don't hear about her <laughs> going out and going crazy at the age of 77 or 74. Uh, man, that's just so this is going to be the last season of Judge Judy. Um, my understanding is that she's going to come back and do another show. 
not quite sure if it's going to be another syndicated program or uh, for a network or something like that. So Judy Justice will be coming out a year after her final Judge People Judy show. love her and they love that format because you look at the ratings for the other um, Judge shows, they're not bad. Hot Bench. You've heard of Hot Bench? Hot Bench. Holding steady for the year at 2.5 household average. Uh, People's Court, 1.5. Judge Mathis, 1.1. Divorce Court, not doing good, 0.7. I don't think anybody likes to see Divorce Court. No, because that's depressing. Yeah, it's different if if your roommate steals your cat. Yeah. And then and then makes you pay for the food or something like that. That, That's because then you realize that people are crazy and dumb and dumb is all get out. I mean, every time I've stumbled upon those judge shows, I I want I worry about people's ability to care for themselves on a day to day basis. Well, like just to do simple things. Right. Food and water makes you worry about yourself. Clean yourself. Well. Are you clean? Yes. Okay, good. I took a shower this morning. Great. Did you? Yes. Good. You know, I appreciate that about you. I didn't do it you for you. you can clean yourself. I did it for me. I did it for me. When we come back. Uh, a couple of shootings yesterday. Oh, you know what? Let's talk with Nick. Yes. Nick. Uh, Nick is getting married. This weekend. This weekend. Oh, P.S. We should probably put that oh, together. I have the thing. I'll, okay. I'll, I got to send you some stuff, too. Yeah. So. All right. Yeah. Guys, we got to get it together. It'll happen. Um. So, yeah, we've Clock got we've got Nick getting married this weekend, which means he's dealing with a lot. I mean, he's dealing with a lot. I can't believe you're even here and functioning. I won't be here next week. Yeah. yeah. Why? Because I'm getting married on Sunday. He's getting married. He's going to take some time off. Enjoy his marital bliss. Yeah, you made it too personal. I'm sorry. Let's go back to the cleaning ourselves. Thing. I want to hear about all of the drama when we come back. Yeah. Wedding drama. It's Groomzilla will join us. It's like us. Judge Judy, but different. Gary and Shannon will continue in just a moment. <laughs> AM 640. I've got more news. Live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. I've got more news. You've been you've been bringing some bad news today. I know. What's the latest? A private school in Sonoma County is closing for an unspecified period because of the coronavirus. This is at the Healdsburg School. And this is the closure out of an abundance of caution after a single adult member of its community came into contact with someone who has the COVID-19 strain. They said no students or anyone at the campus itself has a confirmed case. 200 students, K through 8, and they're going to keep it closed. This is troubling because when I was at Disneyland yesterday, I saw one of my friends. She's from Healdsburg. We embraced. Okay, that's now, a, that seems a little far. I know, but yeah. I'm, what? Healdsburg, how often does Healdsburg come up? It's just come up twice. In 24 hours. In 24 hours. Well, let's do this. I think just to be safe, uh, we can sort of uh, keep notebooks of our our own contact tracing. So anybody that you see or hug or old friends. I'm done with hugging. I'm done with touching. I'm not even going to look at people anymore for a while. Just fist bumps. 
That's it. Or air fist bump. Air fist bump's probably the best way to go. Mm-hmm. Nick, Nick, are you worried about your wedding? I didn't. Th- that wasn't a, a concern, but maybe now I might be. No, I think you're fine. I, think I mean, after hearing Shannon's of, story, I mean, well, she's going to infect everybody. Right. Think of all the people you're going to be touching at your wedding. Right. Handshaking. Oh, wedding. man. No, you, you don't have to. You don't have to do the line where everybody comes by and oh. is like, congratulations, you look beautiful. All congratulations, but you look beautiful. we might do that because then you know, no. we're hoping we might get some gifts. Mm. No. Gifts or, or death. Things. Wait, you why have to would, choose. I mean, why? I have to choose. Well, you either get the gifts and the coronavirus. Oh, gotcha, in this scenario. Or you okay. get no gifts and no coronavirus. I'd rather, I'm going to risk it. You're going to roll the dice? Yeah, I'm going to roll the dice. You only live once. So has that there been uh, any uh, drama, any uh, annoying relatives that have uh, been... been... I, I've had one. It's not even that annoying. Well, it's kind of annoying. So they have this thing called The Knot. It's a website. You can go on there. The Knot with a K. The Knot with a K. It's like a one-stop shop where you set up, you know... You write your story. You write your story. Blake's story was 17 pages long. I'm still reading Blake's story. It really was, yeah. <laughs> it took me to, the whole day to get through that thing. put a bookmark in it. Uh, yeah, they, Karenina. They just went on their first date uh, in the paragraph <laughs> I'm in. Um, <laughs> and he's done all the talking still, yeah. Um, sorry, Blake. I wrote the whole thing. Uh-huh. So, yeah, y- y- your story's up there. I like the part in Blake's story where she says that he's good looking. You and wrote he, that? And he wrote that. Oh, yeah, I wrote the whole thing. Oh man! Not, it's, it's something like oh, not only is he incredibly good looking, yeah. but he's funny. He's and handsome, he's smart. And strong. Strong. Are you going to say I man. do for her also? No. <laughs> <laughs> Legally, it doesn't work that way. Oh, okay. I'm sorry, Nick. Go on. Yes. So the knot, yeah. You 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 put all your wedding info up. Uh, you know, here's where the venue is. Here's the time. It's also a way for people to RSVP and to keep track of it. And so everybody should be using that. And so far, it's been great. But I've had a couple of aunts who are, you know, it's 2020, and for some reason they're still not tech savvy, even though they've got iPhones. Mm-hmm. They're like, can you just email me the information? On, Do they know, you know how to uh, use an AM radio? Are they listening? Uh, I hope so. Oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> can you email me the information and just like with the time and where to go? And Do you know if, uh, you know, if this hotel is over on that side of town, blah, blah, blah. I think, uh, I think your Aunt Patty's staying over there, too. We might go stay with them. I'm like. Sure, I'll I'll email you. You're stuff. like not my job. Not my job, but I did it last night. I actually followed up on an email, nice. so she should be there. And uh, she's not, then it's on her. You know, it is different. Uh, when I got both of your invitations, it didn't occur to me that it didn't come with an RSVP envelope, right? Um, and so it didn't it didn't occur to me to go on to the knot oh. to RSVP. Does that make me an Old aunt? Well, I think it no. literally says on it to RSVP go to oh. the not.com slash whatever. I yeah. didn't read it, I guess. <laughs> I was just looking at the design. You did a great job on those. Thanks. Yeah, both well, of those were, they're they're beautiful. Yeah, the little like, gold yeah. thing on ours, I, I taped those on oh. myself. Yeah, that was nice work. Nice yeah. handy. Under the under Jazz's direction, of uh, course. Are you concerned about people getting to the place? I mean, I, I know where it is, but I am, um, but I think we're gonna it's kind of in a weird spot. Um, Are you going to have signs? There should be signs, yes. Good. Okay. We're going to have a guy spinning signs out in the front. (laughs) Or like maybe one of those Those car dealership inflatable guys. That would be great. I could get a couple of those. Uh, Blake, you're on the clock. You're getting married in a couple weeks. Yeah, three weeks from yesterday. Uh, Any uh, speed bumps? How's your mom doing? What's going on? She's doing good. She's doing good. She's been, uh, my mom's been helping a lot with decoration type stuff. My mom likes 
manual labor type th- type thing. So she's been doing a lot of painting of stuff and building of things and like the welcome table and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, everything's going well. Are you the kind of person who's going to take notes at Nick's wedding? And uh, then no, I can't. Lean he's over not. To I can't he's make not, it to Nick's wedding. He's not coming to my wedding. Can what? You this? No. what is Why? going on? Why are you, Gary? You, you don't get to say it. You guys are basically brothers. <laughs> Um, I was, I already had a trip planned out of town. That's oh, oh man. Gary. Well, Gary's not going to make it. I also Blake. have Gary's a trip. Yeah, exactly. town. It just is what it is. <laughs> I will be at both of your weddings. Yes, you will. Thank you. It's you team member. Apparently old auntie over here is the only one who really cares. There was a wedding. Oh my gosh, you guys, I can't even say the name because this person, uh, may or may not have ever been an employee here. And I don't know if you were at this wedding. Uh, it was out on the beach. And somebody's aunt, speaking of old aunts, somebody's aunt was in the back row across the aisle from me. And as everybody stands up to uh, to to greet the bride and groom or the bride as she's walking down the aisle, her uh, very flowy um, dress just went, Whoa! Oh, on the beach breeze. Oh, and I, did you see the undercarriage? There was a lot of carriages. It just Wah! and I froze. Ah! So, exactly like a coworker. It was the coworker's great aunt or oh, something man. like that. And I could not look at that woman for the rest of the night. And I would I even said to may may have been coworker friend. A little kinky, but I like it. I saw everything that your aunt was working with. Was it because there was like a thong or what was she dealing there with? Was, there? there was some downstairs fundamentals. It's like, big. But there was nothing on top. Like she was. What was, do you mean? Nothing she on top. She wasn't wearing any ga- garments of a foundational nature. Wait, you saw her boobs? How did that work? How did that dress work? It was like a, it was like a wrap. It, How it, slow are her arms to grab Like down? she was up there. Old, old. Oh, so it was like the woman in The Shining that comes out of the bathtub. Oh, the tub lady. Yes, I have never looked. <laughs> Thank you for that. That is exactly. That is exactly the. And the, she wore the worst color lip gloss that looked like a corpse. <laughs> and then I look around like, am I the only one who saw that? Anyone else see those honkers? And then it turns out that that great aunt died three years before the wedding. <laughs> We'll talk trending when we come back. Lots of trending stories to get to today. Lots of undercarriage. (laughs) Got my band boobs hanging low. Baby girl, just want to have fun with it. Baby girl, just want to have fun with it. Baby girl, just want to have fun with it. Live everywhere on that iHeartRadio app. Are we standing because sitting is the new cancer? We need to keep our strength up. You're right. You're right. And the only way we're going to survive this. Yeah, we just stop. Get, in fact, you know what? Let's get these chairs out of here. Nobody needs these. I actually kicked out a little harder than I intended to. I almost broke, broke that window. The window. Uh, you're so. Vi- I mean, there's another window on the other side of it. You're so violent when you're on coronavirus. <clears throat> no, no, I feel fine. 
Are you sure? Because you spent part of your weekend with somebody that was fresh off a trip from Italy. Right, but I didn't touch her. And I touched a woman from Healdsburg okay, yesterday. That's you. I don't. I you're the one who's all touchy feely with everybody all the time. I, I am not am anymore. Not that person. I am not. Fist bump. Air fist bump. Boom. What else is going on? Yep. Oh! Time for Jacob! what's happening. Don't yell at Jacob. You know he's not the distraction. <laughs> you think it was Blake who yes. was talking? Yes. Blake's an introvert. He doesn't talk very oh, much. Right. Uh, health officials in Washington state have now reported five more deaths, bringing the total in Washington to six deaths from coronavirus. How do you think, how many of these deaths do you think we get out of You this? mean when this is all over? Yeah. I still, th- I think it'll still be below uh, the flu flu. So where's that, you know? 20,000, it'll be below that. I th- Because I think there is a concern now. You were talking about if everyone is afraid of coronavirus and takes the normal precautions that we're told to do, which is washing our hands regularly, staying away from infected people, uh, not rubbing our hands, you know, wash your hands when you prepare food, simple things like that, that that level of uh, awareness about it actually cuts down on the actual flu flu stuff and i think that's the case i think we'll see we'll be we'll be better about it in the coming weeks because the numbers are going to jump significantly they say new cases in china dropped to their lowest level in six weeks monday and my question is why are we still believing the news that comes out of china right they've done such a bang-up job of keeping us informed in the beginning um the problems in washington state are not good because it appears that most of the deaths and most of the outbreak there is in one specific care facility uh, in the Kirkland area, which is just east of Seattle. Uh, they've apparently been moving in, uh, or they've they've bought a motel, and they're going to house people there as sort of a quarantine area. I'm um, looking at you, cruise ships, because that's worked so well in the past. Well, Pete Buttigieg gets out of the race over the weekend, and then the next moderate to fall was Amy Klobuchar today, and she went the extra step of endorsing Biden right away. I think there's a strong likelihood one of these two people ends up on the ticket with Biden because they are similar politically when it comes to being moderate Democrats. And now it's been announced that Pete Buttigieg will also be at Biden's rally tonight, also endorsing him. So it's going to be a threesome. We'll see who comes out on top. Uh, we'll have to find a different phrase, but I think I, I know what you're, you're saying. I think uh, I know what you're getting at. Uh, a trio. Uh, a trio is a better, much better. <clears throat> okay. Uh, in El Paso County, Colorado, a boy who's been missing for a long time, five weeks actually, his stepmom has now been arrested for murder. This is always shocking to me when it's a woman and a mom that is capable of murder for some reason more shocking than when it's a father. Yeah. Uh, 11-year-old first reported missing at the end of January. He didn't come home. Search was supposed to take place last Friday uh, but was postponed. Then that same area was the subject of a search on Saturday. 
The El Paso County Sheriff's Office announced a major development in the investigation, and they announced today that the stepmom has been arrested and charged with murder. Remember the dad who moved into his daughter's apartment at Sarah Lawrence and started a cult with her friends, all of different vulnerable mindsets? Well, it was revealed that this guy, Lawrence Ray, made $2 million in two years by forcing one of those girls into prostitution. Two million dollars? Yes. The woman turned over more than a million to the accused sex trafficker. Um, She was seeing more and more clients to meet his demands in all of this. Cash payments were collected by a female associate deposited into bank accounts that he had access to. He forced the unidentified victim to have sex with other men while he filmed and berated her. Oh, that's like Jesus, nice Mary and Joseph. Uh, the missing kids of Lori Vallow are safe, according to her new husband, Chad Daybell. He was filmed by ABC News as he was leaving Hawaii. Uh, of course, Lori Vallow has agreed to be extradited back to Idaho to face trial on two felony counts of child abandonment. And when asked, Chad Daybell said that the kids are safe. But that's all he said. He wouldn't say anything about where they were. And right. You've got a 17-year-old girl who has not texted her friends since September, hasn't been on social media. That doesn't say safety to me. No. She's not uh, here anymore. One of the breaking news things that Shannon broke earlier and depressed everybody was that long-running host of Inside the Actor's Studio, James Lipton, has died at the age of 93. Um, articulate wordsmith, according to The Hollywood Reporter a theater academic whose desire to give his acting students a greater insight into their art led to Inside the Actors Studio. Passed away early today at his home in Manhattan. He had uh, bladder cancer, his wife told the the Hollywood Reporter. Well, we now know why The Bachelor was looking for senior citizens to audition for the show because they've revealed who the next Bachelorette is going to be. (laughs) I also, I want to give you One of the most California things I've ever seen, somebody running, you ever would go running and you run through someone's barbecue, like they're just on the other side of the fence and they're cooking like something wonderful, or you go out early in the morning and you go for a run, you could could smell people cooking bacon. That's one of the greatest joys of running outside is smelling other people's food. The most California request from a jogger up in Berkeley. Who doesn't want that to go on? I'll okay. explain that. We I love back. it. Where I go jogging, it's right next to a nunnery. And sometimes the nuns will be out there on the trail. Do they? And I run they so fast by them. <laughs> Do they uh, run at you with a crucifix? No. 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 They just throw holy water on me as I run by. <laughs> Home, where families connect and memories are made. Find your new home with PenFed, a mortgage partner who brings confidence and value to your home buying experience. They offer low rates and no lender fees and can even help you find a real estate agent through their trusted partners. Let PenFed bring you home. Visit PenFed.org slash home or call 1-800-970-7766. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA, equal housing lender.
Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. The uh, bottom of the hour, we're going to talk a little bit more about the uh, big announcement today from Amy Klobuchar. She's out of the race, following on the footsteps of Tom Steyer and Pete Buttigieg, who dropped out after South Carolina's primaries on Saturday. Of course, tomorrow's Super Tuesday primary, and tonight is going to be a big deal because it looks like, according to CNN, Pete Buttigieg and Amy Klobuchar are going to endorse Joe Biden in Texas uh, at an event they have planned in Texas, which would be a huge pickup for Joe Biden going into a very important Super Tuesday to try to slow down some of the momentum that uh, Bernie Sanders has. Good morning, America revealed your next bachelorette. This is the show's 16th season. Her name is Claire Crowley. You may know her from season 18 of The Bachelor. Or not. Juan Pablo Galavis was the season that she was on. Do you remember her? No, I never watched that season. But she, the, the thing that uh, marks her uh, unique nature is the fact that she's 38 years old. She's 38 years old. Now, this might be kind of refreshing, especially because of the season we just had. I brought it up when we were talking to P at least a couple times that you had two 23-year-old girls uh, in the, the final three. Now, 23, you may have been ready to get married 20 years ago when you were 23. Right. But these days, That's not, not anyone's ready to get married at 23. Zero people are ready to get what married at 23. They're 27. Oh, that's true. You're right. I didn't do the math. On Although their girl, their fiancés may be 23. I am. All right. Very few women. <laughs> the the women on, that go on The Bachelor are not ready to be married at 23. I mean, just their lack of communication skills. These two uh, younger women who, yeah. who were the, the last ones standing. It's obvious that they can't even communicate with him. Well, is she going to, if The Bachelorette is 38 years old, is she going to be picking from a group of guys who are 24, 27? No, I think or, they might have a couple of guys in their late 20s. But they're they're probably going to have guys in their 30s and in, and their 40s, I, I just bet. I feel like she's, she's going to have a lot less patience for... Yeah, which might make it watchable. Because these will be adults, you know, yeah, for the most part. Nobody wants to watch it for that. Nobody I, wants I to know. watch it because she's going to make a, a reasonable choice about the maybe, future of man that she's going to spend her life with. Maybe we get to see if people become adults or if they're still dumb in their late 30s and early 40s. Okay, but, you know, what if these guys come on and they're like 43 and they're complete losers? Like they sleep in, you know, sleeping bags and... I told you about that guy that Katie went out with, right? No. I think we were probably 32, around 32 maybe. And she was dating a guy who did not have bedding. Bedding? Yeah, he slept in like a sleeping bag. <laughs> and he was in his 30s. In no no bedding. Like just now, on the floor somewhere. He he last, He was a nice guy. He lasted a little longer than we thought. Once we realized he didn't have bedding and she had to buy him his first set of sheets. That should not. I know. It's dark out there. It dark days when you get to be a woman in your 30s. And you're in the dating pool. Stop it. It's true. Well, I am hoping uh, for her. uh, I hope that Claire Crawley finds the love of her life on a stupid TV show. 
She said uh, about what she's looking for in a potential partner. The most important thing is that I want a man that will take off his armor. I want a man who is strong but is willing to take off the body armor, open himself up, and be vulnerable. And I think that is some serious strength right there. It's all about what's inside for me. Yeah, we'll see about that. (laughs) She says, if you line up the guys that I've dated in the past, there's no one thing I'm looking for physically. It's more if they go out of their way for me, if they make me feel special, because this is about me now, and I'm ready for it. Is she vegan? She believes that being 38 will work to her advantage during the season. I hope so. I hope on her. I hope for her. I hope good things for her. Well, we will follow that journey. Um, do you follow the Twitter thread best of next door? You know yes. The, you know the next door app? Oh, my gosh. People write the craziest it things about the, their neighbors. Mine is so crazy. And it's like classic suburbia. It's like, oh, oh there's, a, there's a man walking down the street. He doesn't look like he lives here. It's like... What? Because yeah. he's not. It's just just enough racism yeah. that doesn't seem oh, like racism, so racism. Or, or xenophobia. Yeah. You're like, wait a minute, that guy's skin tone doesn't match my skin tone. <laughs> Therefore, he must be suspicious. Yeah. Uh, so there's one in um, uh, Best of Next Door on Twitter posted this little message that was found on the Next Door app in the Berkeley area. What's up, neighborhood? One love. As a vegan runner. It's always hard for me this time of year when the weather starts warming up and folks start opening their windows. Several nights a week, I'm out running around dinner time, and when people have their windows open, I can smell what they are cooking. I've noticed a sharp uptick recently in the smells of folks cooking meat, and it can be quite overpowering. Quite honestly, the odor is offensive, and I'm hoping our community can have some empathy uh, sorry empathy for its plant-based neighbors by closing their windows if they're oh cooking God, meat and serious? only putting vegetables on their barbecue oh hell no i don't want a stereo i don't want to be a stereotype so i won't go into detail uh or why the odor of cooking animals is offensive but i encourage you to do your research and join the movement of people who are fighting back peace love no but sattva god we are a soft people we are a soft people soft listen what 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 do you think chuck connors would do with that Chuck Connors would cry, and uh, his tears would be made up of the blood of the animals that he just recently ate. I think. For listen, have some empathy for the plant-based neighbors. You are not plant-based. <laughs> you, you are made of That's meat. That's how they identify now. It's like part of your personality. Like I'm plant-based. You're, you're not. I'm not. You you might even you could make the argument you're more water based, yes. But you're not plant based. You're not. Plant-based. But you know what I mean. This is how people identify. It's like I'm Gary. I'm 45. I'm a father. I'm a husband, and I'm plant based. I'm just identifying as 45 now. It's ever. It's however I feel. Is that what it is? I I have you in my head at at 45. Okay. And then I remember that that's not how old you are anymore. And so then I usually add a year. I don't know if I should thank you for that or hate you for that. You know how some people are just the same age in your head forever? Yeah, like James Lipton. Right. Yes. Excellent example. All right. And Swamp, timely. Swamp Watch when we come back. Gary and Shannon will continue. You know it's real, you can't take me far away, you know it's real.
When you get lost inside the stare After a while, nothing else is even there You know it's real You know it's real You can't wait for another day Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640 live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. The Dow has made back some, some of the ground it lost last week. It's up about 870 points right now, which is a nice 3, 3.5% boost uh, after we saw just people taking it. Uh, well, I won't say that. Having a hard day financially wise. Financially wise last week. Kim wrote to us on Twitter at Gary and Shannon. Just went to Costco in San Diego for my regular stuff. OMG Armageddon. There were at least 60 people in every line to check out. I left. (laughs) We also heard a similar story from Michelle. And my husband went to the market on Saturday, said that people were buying hundreds and hundreds of dollars worth of groceries. I mean, people are really getting ready for the end of times with this coronavirus. We'll talk to Alex Stone about where we stand in California coming up at the one o'clock hour. Speaking of uh, coronavirus, we now found out about more deaths up in Washington state. I think we're at six now. There was a, uh, a major skyscraper in downtown Seattle that was closed down because one employee in a 44 floor building knew somebody or came in contact with somebody who had COVID-19 coronavirus, but that they did not test positive. They're closed that whole thing down. There are schools that are closed down in Washington state as a result of this. King County has purchased a motel to use as a quarantine area for people who who test positive. So it's going to get worse before it gets better. Well, big day uh, on Washington or for the Washington hopefuls, shall we say. That's where we kick off Swamp Watch. Drain the swamp. We're going to drain the swamp of Washington. We're going to have fun doing it. We're all doing it together. Well, over the weekend, Mayor Pete bowed out, and now we have really one moderate Democrat after Amy Klobuchar announced that she was getting out today. Ryan Burrow is joining us uh, from Burlington, Vermont, for uh, tomorrow's Super Tuesday, of course. And uh, Ryan, it looks like Amy Klobuchar and Pete Buttigieg may endorse Joe Biden tonight. Yeah, we're, we're getting word that uh, there is a charter flight from South Bend to Dallas, Texas uh, this evening. And uh, we don't necessarily know that Pete Buttigieg is going to be on that yet. Nothing confirmed as of yet, but it would seem uh, to indicate that uh, he will be making an appearance, perhaps, with uh, Amy Klobuchar. Uh, by the way, I want to point out that it was 60 degrees in Chicago yesterday. And where did they send me? Vermont. Send me to Vermont. I can't catch a break, man. There's, you know, you've got Super Tuesday in Dallas or in Texas and California, and they're sending me to Vermont. So uh, maybe, maybe, maybe they just thought I could handle it better. I don't know. I probably, you know, you've got that strong Chicago <laughs> blood. You can handle it. Okay. You know, I they're not going to so. send Alex Stone to Vermont. You know what I mean? No, he would, he would wilt like a flower. <laughs> um, so it looks like uh, Pete, Mayor Pete. Gets out over the weekend and is probably going to hold back maybe that endorsement of Joe Biden to see what maybe Biden's going to offer him, whether it's a a spot on the ticket or, um, you know, a a cabinet position or something like that. And Amy Klobuchar sees that he does that and says, oh, I see what you're doing, Pete, and I raise you one and endorse Biden immediately when she dropped out. 
it's quite possible. I mean, we know there are these backdoor conversations that are being had, right? I mean, there's only room for one person to be nominated, and you know these campaigns are talking with each other. Uh, they're strategizing how best to beat Trump. I mean, if that is the ultimate goal. And, um, you know, I, I don't exactly know what these conversations were. Nothing's been made public yet. I can tell you that uh, Joe Biden did speak with Pete Buttigieg following his uh, his his uh, suspension of the campaign yesterday. And uh, what uh, Biden said is if I were president, I'd pretty much like to see, I uh, would like to see him uh, be a part of whatever I do. He's a very talented guy. So, you know, indications there that uh, at least in the grand scheme of things, if Biden does end up getting the nomination, which is no sure thing at this point, but if he does, he would like the judge to be a part of a cabinet, uh, maybe a ticket. We don't know at this point. All right. So you've got, I guess you could argue, four people left in this with Biden and Sanders. Of course, you've got Elizabeth Warren. Where does she stand in this? She didn't do as uh, she didn't do very well on Saturday, but she's going to stay in this. And now, you know, and the things that we're hearing from her campaign is they're hoping for a broken convention. If if there aren't enough uh, delegates to declare a, a victor for the nomination, then that's when she wants to swoop in. That's that's at least what her campaign is saying at this point. We'll see, you know, if, if she gets through tomorrow and, you know, things aren't going her way. Because what's happening now is the fundraising is drying up. And that's what that's what Pete Buttigieg saw. That's what Amy Klobuchar saw, just not hitting targets when it comes to fundraising. And as a result, uh, you know, realizing that, you know, the, the, the time was near and that the window was closing. And uh, that's very much the case for Elizabeth Warren. Now, uh, what's interesting is if Mayor Pete and Amy Klobuchar uh, side with Biden and Elizabeth Warren eventually does drop out. Does she move her people to the Bernie side? Do they naturally go that way? I think that's what we all kind of think. But, you know, I mean, there's no guarantee in any of this, I suppose. First, a real dose of unity we'll see tonight among the Democrats with three of them rallying around each other, or, or I guess, you know, two of them rallying around Joe Biden. Uh, the unity that I thought would come together before March of 2020, after that 2016 election. Yeah, and then, of course, there's that one wild card, right? And that's Mike Bloomberg. And I'm actually at the Mike Bloomberg headquarters here in Burlington, Vermont. Of all places, he decided to put an HQ right on Main Street. Uh, they're working the streets. They're canvassing. They're making phone calls. I don't think they're going to beat Bernie Sanders here in Vermont in his home state, which, by the way, Bernie will be here tomorrow for uh, for his Super Tuesday rally and concert. But uh you know, I mean, they, they throw, he's throwing money uh, in every Super Tuesday state, and uh, we'll see if it pays off. I mean, what, what the people here are telling me is uh, they'd like to see him get 15 percent. I don't know if that means 15 percent in Vermont or 15 percent overall, um, but uh, he's in it to, to win all these states and to stay competitive. So um, we'll see where, where Michael Bloomberg falls in. Uh, there is a fifth person, by the way. Tulsi Gabbard is still in the oh, race. That's right. Uh, so, so. Don't rule her out. Well, you, I, I mean, she hasn't won anything yet, but so maybe you can. But uh, she is still in the race. Ryan Burrow, stay warm out there. We appreciate your coverage. <laughs> I have to. I have no choice. Thank you, guys. Take care. Ryan Burrow there in Burlington, Vermont. Again, tomorrow's Super Tuesday. Clearly, we vote in California, but there are other big states as well. Um, Texas, North Carolina, Virginia, among those states that have dozens, if not a couple hundred Delegates available for whoever takes those states. We have another bombshell dossier. Who doesn't love a dossier? This oh. time it's about Mike Bloomberg. And our goodbye letters. We right. have three goodbye letters. Amy Klobuchar is yours, by the way. Oh, okay. I'll get started. Amy Klobuchar, I have to say goodbye to Pete Buttigieg. Nick has to say, to, say goodbye to his seventh candidate. 
Man, if Nick picked you, you didn't have a chance, I think. Gary and Shannon will continue with Swamp Watch. out after an inning and a third. Oh. Yeah, not a good... Why? Because he gave up two runs and walked a guy. And... It's early. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Did you see that uh, Cody Bellinger is not in the lineup today because of yeah. side soreness? The day after, they post videos of him and Mike Trout and Max Muncy at the driving range. Yeah. <laughs> Those were impressive. That was an impressive showing. They were showing. very far. Yes. Yes. Do you think that had something to do with it? Is I'm that what you're saying. suggesting? I'm just saying. You don't you don't hit that no, driving range very often, and then you you get yep. out there and you think you're going to show off with your friends. Different swing, different muscles. And then you wake up, you're like, ow. Yeah, it's a different. You don't use those a lot. I did. I, I drove uh, those little electric go-karts, you know, those little places. My son and I went a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And you jam your foot on that, uh, that gas pedal the entire time for all 13 or 14 laps, whatever it is. You had muscle fatigue? Oh, my left, my... This part right here, my right, oh, that, that hurt for two days. It was tense. That's good. That's how you know you're changing. It's tense. Um, Tom Steyer's out. Amy Klobuchar's out. Pete Buttigieg is out. Everybody's out, it looks, except uh, Joe Biden, Bernie Sanders. And you could count Elizabeth Warren if you want to. She's staying in through the convention, she says. And Mike Bloomberg, I guess you could say he's still in it. Uh, tomorrow's going to probably be the end of his um, actual run for the presidency. But back in June, we chose from the 24 candidates at the time who were running for the Democratic nomination. We each got six members of our presidential election fantasy teams. And then Nick lost one right away, and we gave him Tom Steyer. He lost that, too. He lost that, too. Poor Nick. But um, there's only a couple who are still standing. And um, as as they drop out of the race, we kind of we have to wish them goodbye, unfortunately. So I'm going to let you go first there, Nick. Say goodbye to your buddy, Tom. Dear Tom, at first I was thankful to have you. When Eric Swalwell dropped out and I picked you up, you brought me back to life in the Presidential Fantasy League. As people started dropping out, you stayed in. You were all I had left. My only hope. And then you literally put every nail in your coffin when you decided to back that ass up. (laughs) What the hell? Well, now, Tom, you can pack that ass up and take it far away from here. You ruined me. Thanks for nothing. Love, Nick. Did we uh, retweet that video? I will, yeah. At Gary and Shannon. Yeah. Wasn't that a great sign of the end of... Tom oh, Steyer's campaign. God. Uh, even Howard Dean was like, at least I didn't dance like right. that. <clears throat> um, well, now, uh, this is, I think, the only the second person I've had to say goodbye to. And that's um, South Bend, Indiana Mayor Pete Buttigieg. Dear Pete, I have to say goodbye. I salute your valiant effort. You were the first openly gay, unbeknownst to me, candidate for the nomination in a major party. And for that, you were groundbreaking. But your friends couldn't help you out. 
You know, that one friend you have who happens to be black? Even he didn't vote for you in South Carolina. The lack of voters who have any shade of skin tone darker than clear was the undoing of your campaign. But I thank you for running. Since your last name, Buttigieg, was the most fun last name to say since Dukakis. (laughs) And watching people make that realization that the man you married makes you gay was pretty fun. Have fun wheeling Uncle Joe around. He's going to need your energy. Just don't let him steal your blood. Love, Gary. (laughs) Dukakis is a fun word to say. It is a fun word to say. It's like Fernando. (laughs) Francisco. Francisco Dukakis. All right. Dear Amy, I've heard you described as having awkward ant energy. And I see what you're doing trying to edge out Pete from the Biden ticket. I'm excited to watch this jockeying as we move into the summer. What will Democrats covet more, a woman or a man who likes men? You've been plotting to be the number two moderate Dem ever since you made it look like Pete made you cry at the debate. Brush up on your global leader knowledge, BTW. That was kind of embarrassing. Back to the crying thing. No one bought that. We know how much of an apple you can be to your underlings. We've heard the stories. My advice moving forward, own it. More bulldog, less vulnerable aunt. Good luck. Oh, and don't ever mention post-its again. Love, Shannon. <laughs> uh, well, we'll see how tomorrow goes. That was a Super lot of Tuesday. goodbye. That was a long goodbye. Mm. They'll only be gone for a couple of hours because both Amy and Pete will be at uh, Joe Biden's event in Dallas later on today to offer their support and give their endorsement. I'm wondering what has gone on behind the scenes in terms of creating some sort of party unity with these three moderate Dems, just as uh, I almost call them Barry Sanders. Um, Bernie Sanders had such the uh, commanding win. And then the reaction was Biden's commanding win in South Carolina. You know, the commanding win that uh, Bernie had in, in Nevada. Right. You know, and I wonder how much people got on the horn and were like, wait a minute here. Are we as Democrats putting a socialist at the top of our ticket? Let's let's circle the wagons here. Let's get the moderates together and let's do this thing. And did that conversation wait for the sizable win that Joe Biden had? I mean, did they did they did they wait for it to be bigger than expected? Because he outperformed the polls. He I mean, he won by almost 30 points in South Carolina, which is more than was what was expected. So was that enough for them to say? Yeah, we don't have a chance, Pete and Amy. We don't have a chance. We need to make sure that Joe is our guy because we cannot afford to have Bernie Sanders at the top of the ticket. Right. But, but that they weren't going to do that unless it was a, a just completely, I don't want to say out of character, but unexpectedly large victory on Joe Biden's behalf. I'm interested to see how they interact with each other, Pete and Amy. Over. I think all of whatever you saw in the debates, I think that's over. Yeah. Because I, they're too, they're too similar in terms of their politics, and they're too um, scared, I think, of Bernie Sanders for there to be any sort of rift between the two of them. I think those things I just get- want, I just want to see them interact with each other so I can make my own opinion on if they like each other legitimately or yeah. don't like each other. How many people does Amy Klobuchar like? Yeah, I don't know. That's a tough, that's a tough room. It's a tough sell. Um, and then I asked this question earlier, and I don't know. Maybe we'll find out in the coming days or weeks, or we may have to wait until the convention. 
how much the DNC had to do with Pete Buttigieg, Amy Klobuchar getting out of the race. I don't know much. I just don't think it has any teeth anymore. I don't think there's any power with the DNC. They just don't take calls from Tom Perez anymore. They he just they just let it go to voicemail. I don't want to hear what he has to say. Did you see this dossier on Mike Bloomberg? No. Business Insider reporting on Bloomberg LP strife with toxic work culture, bullying, harassment. Bloomberg reportedly refused to promote employee Maggie Berry to a position because he didn't want a fat woman representing his company. Employees allegedly referred to women co-workers as short, fat, and ugly. He called one woman dog face. Former editor Al Hunt allegedly gave unsolicited massages to employees, <laughs> and Bloomberg still kept him around. Huh. Toxic and demoralizing. Michael Bloomberg is, is dead in the water. He's got oh. zero chance. Oh, yeah. He's going to continue to spend hundreds of millions of dollars. He has already said that even if he gets out of the race for the nomination, he is going to continue to spend money against Donald Trump. I don't what, give your money to people. Give your money to and I don't just mean advertising agencies and consultants who are running your campaign. Yeah, let people pay off their student loans before they die of the coronavirus. Wow. You really brought it home. We're going to talk to Alex about the coronavirus when we come back. Great. Everything's going to be fine. Here, Everything's going to be fine. No, Move along. All, everything's right. Wash your hands. Okay. Just wash your hands, damn it. She's 61. Wow, she looks great. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640 live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Bottom of the hour, we're going to talk more about what happened Today, there were some, uh, I wouldn't say dueling press conferences, but there were a couple of press conferences in regards to what happened at Jackie, Lacey house, Jackie Lacey's house early this morning. She is the district attorney. Some Black Lives Matter uh, protesters showed up at her house. Uh, her husband greeted them at the door with a handgun. Well, and the thing that you don't see in the video is how she has been followed around for months, shouted at, given she's gotten death threats. And I think it just reached ahead when those protesters showed up in the middle of the night on her front door. We'll hear from the D.A. Uh, we'll also hear from the, the Black Lives Matter people. They held their own news conference. Well, look at that. The Dow closed up twelve hundred ninety three. Yeah, that's not, that's a good uh, bounce back. It's not enough, but it is definitely a bounce back. That's up more than five percent. Twelve hundred. 94 points. The Dow is now back up at 26,703. Oil was up almost 6% today. Uh, S&P 500 and the NASDAQ also up about 4.5%. So a a good, I don't want to call it a full rebound, but a good start in terms of uh, bringing some stability to the market. Well, what's not good is the news about coronavirus. Uh, Washington State coming out today, this morning, and saying they've got more bodies piling up because of this thing. Now a public health emergency is being declared in San Antonio over coronavirus. Our coronavirus correspondent, Alex Stone, joins us now with the latest. Hey there, guys. Yeah, Sonoma County in Northern California, they uh, declared a state of emergency as well. They have a uh, new case in the last couple of hours, but... The real focus being on two areas, one being Santa Clara County. That's where they uh, released new numbers today, and they've got more uh, coronavirus patients there. And then up in 
King and Snohomish counties in the Seattle area. That's the, the big concern area. Now six patients have died in Washington state. They just held an update a little while ago. Uh, King County Public Health, the, the officer up there, Jeff Duchin, saying the numbers are changing. I mean, really, by the moment, we are getting new numbers in from all over. Oregon has some new cases today. But here's uh, King County. Over the weekend, we reported six cases and two deaths in King County residents, reporting four new cases today. And of these four new cases, two have died. In addition, one of our previously reported patients has died. So it all adds up to they've got five in King County, one in Snohomish County. And important to, to say again, these are people who had underlying health conditions. They are mainly elderly. Some were in a, a nursing home where COVID-19 has been uh, spreading there. But uh, all were over the age of 50. One was 50 years old, and then everybody was up from there. So they've got a CDC team in town now trying to help them out to figure out what they're going to do. A team arrived last night. We have now 17 CDC members here helping us with infection control, epidemiology, contact tracing, and understanding the impact of the early stages of this outbreak in our community so that we can plan for the days and weeks and months ahead. And get this, what they're going to do now, guys, is buy a motel. They've also got some uh, pre-manufactured homes and other buildings that they're going to use. But King County executives are today finalizing the plan to buy a motel to put quarantined patients there. You know, almost like how China built hospitals. Well, they're just going to go and they're going to buy a motel and begin putting all these folks who are being quarantined into that. And that'll be the the quarantine center as long as that is big enough. But they're going to begin with that. It it sounds like the actual disease, the the virus, the COVID-19, is going to be less dangerous than the public concern over it. Does that make sense? I mean, we're just socially seeing it at Costco and at supermarkets. Yeah, no, you're you're right. The the death rate is, and still they debate what the death rate actually is, but let's say it's a 2% that that it's being treated in society like it is far beyond that. Yeah, if you've been to a Costco in the last couple of days, good luck finding anything that sanitizes your hands or desktops or or anything else. But toilet paper, I don't know what what people are going to do with a lifetime supply of toilet paper, but all right, you get it. You want that if you're going to be quarantined. Seems like one pack of Kirkland toilet paper would do it uh, for those 14 days. Bottled water, which, again, doesn't make a lot of sense because even if you are quarantined, your faucet should still work. But anyway, uh, bottled water, then understandably the uh, dry goods like beans and rice, those big bags you can get at Costco that that aren't going to go bad. People have been getting those. And the Surgeon General today said some of that makes sense, that in case you get quarantined at home, have some supplies ready to go. You don't need, you know, a year's worth of, of toilet paper, but have some so that you, you don't have to run out and get any. What you don't need, and we've talked about this, are the masks, that the hospitals need the masks. People are hoarding those masks. You can't get them online. You can't get them in many stores, that uh, they won't do you much good, according to the CDC anyway, uh, if you're healthy and, and if you try to wear one, if you're going to get it, you're probably still going to get it. So they say you don't need to run down and get those. But a couple of things here and there in case you get quarantined, all right, if it makes you feel better, sure. Alex, thank you for your positive outlook. <laughs> you got it. Thanks, guys. Alex Stone there with the latest. Um, there are a couple of things. He was mentioning masks there. The Surgeon General is suggesting that if everybody goes out and buys masks, it takes them away from the people who actually need them. 
you do not need a you don't need a mask. It's more important that someone who is sick, sick right. wear the mask. Exactly. Especially in a in a healthcare facility in a hospital setting, you don't want other sick people getting sicker. That's why those people should be wearing the masks. But just walking around the street, you're not the one who needs the mask. The other thing is, and I've seen this uh, in a few places, the you know we talked about how the elderly and those who are uh, health compromised are the ones most vulnerable to uh, to dying from COVID nineteen. There is also a weird uh, phenomenon where the youngest patients seem to be the most resi- resilient, somewhere between you know newborn and two or three years, that they can get it clearly but that they are the least likely to die from it, which is odd to me. Because it would be, usually we talk about the flu, we talk about the very young being vulnerable and the very old being vulnerable, but in this case they're saying that the youngest patients dealing with COVID-19 are actually faring pretty well. All right, switching gears when we come back. Shellfish sex, it's a problem. Who's on it? I'll give you one guess. I'm sorry, you said shellfish. Yeah. I thought you said selfish. No. That's just mean. Gary and Shannon. There's a hole in the bottle, leaking all this wine. It's all Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. We talked a lot about coronavirus today. The market actually rebounded significantly. In fact, the Dow, the S&P, and the NASDAQ all posted... Their largest point gains in history. The Dow is up almost 1,300 points today. That's up more than 5% rebounding from being dragged down by fears of coronavirus spreading around the world last week. On the uh, presidential campaign, Amy Klobuchar announced today that she's out following Pete Buttigieg out of the race. And both of them will be in Dallas, it's been reported, to, uh, to give Joe Biden their endorsement. Michael Bloomberg says he's not getting out of the race. Tom Steyer is out of the race. Elizabeth Warren says she's going to stay in to the convention. Well, Chris Carlo came on last week to give us the history of night soil. And we thank him for that. We do. I found it fascinating. So when I was on Twitter this morning uh, poking <laughs> around and I saw Chris Carlo's tweet about shellfish sex... I wondered if it would be equally as entertaining. So I said, let's get that guy on about this story. Yep. Um, <laughs> yep. Muscles apparently have sex. I don't know. Uh, so Is this give you a video of... that you posted of muscles having sex? Yeah. Listen, we're not supposed to talk about that over the air. I think the FCC is probably going to hit you with a pretty fat fine for that one. Uh, if you go to Twitter, just make sure you have the parental guidance set before you <laughs> see that. It's pretty explicit. The muscles do some weird things, man, underwater. So last week Judgy. on Friday, I was actually covering another story. And there was this company there that was an ancillary bit of this story. And they were called Holdfast Aquaculture. And what they do is they raise up basically the seeds for oysters for mussels and for uh for kelp for like seaweed um and then they give them to farmers to basically set up their own farm 
And uh, as I was talking to one of the guys, he got a bit explicit about how everything works out. So I just want to play a little bit. This is uh, Nathan Church's. He's a PhD, smart dude. Uh, here's how he explains the process. Yeah, so we put on some Marvin Gaye or some sexy music, and we get muscles to spawn. And the lighting is just right. And uh, we literally collect sperm and eggs, and we mix them together, and we create microscopic plankton. Normally that plankton, right now we're at a marina, and that plankton would disperse all over the boats and the pilings. And what we do is we control that process and uh, provide substrate for them to settle on uh, manually. And then we sell that, which is a seed product, to a, a local farmer. Did you know... That's right. It's the sound of protein from the sea coming wow. fished out by farmers to make sure that it's on your plate and... That when you eat those oysters, there's a little something extra there the next time that maybe you're looking forward to a hot date on a Friday night. These. <laughs> I can't keep it up. Yeah. Yeah. It writes itself, doesn't it, Chris? Oh, my God, I'm crying. I'm crying right now. This is exactly what I wanted. <laughs> oh, so. guys, I quit. <laughs> oh well, I ran out of music oh, anyway. Oh well, I mean, listen to to be kind of nerdy about this and serious about this. It's actually pretty remarkable because what they're doing is trying to spur a whole new industry of offshore farming, trying to. Um, get other people on board with this and, and, and by creating a company that provides the, the, the basics to get these mussel and oyster and kelp farms going, not only are they providing you know protein that is not necessarily difficult to get to, but also um, they're cleaning up the ocean a little bit. So one one adult mussel, I think it uh, ends up filtering like 50 gallons of water a day. So you have millions of them down there. That's going to make a huge difference offshore. And then, you know, with climate change, uh, we also, also have to deal with ocean acidification. And so these uh, creatures do good in balancing out the acidity of the ocean, which is good if, you know, we want to live beyond 2100. Well. I don't know if we're going to make it no, uh, no. past next week. Come on, are we? Three of no, us we're not. not. Of course we're not. None of us are. Are you stocking up at home? No. <laughs> you guys want to hear a story about Costco? Yes. Um, I, so we go to Costco like once a month just to get diapers and all the stuff that you have to get for kids. And um, my wife had a thing going on this weekend, and she was pre- preparing for it. And so she needed some time at home to you know get get everything in order. And she's like, "Hey, why don't you take the kids to the Costco for the run today?" I was like, "Really? You on fell Saturday?" For that? She's like, "Yeah." And um, and I went. I took both my girls. It was just me and both my girls, and a wave of humanity <laughs> freaking out about the end of the world, and like clawing over each other to get paper towels and and water bottles, bottles of water, bottles of water. Guys, seriously, come on. Um, it was. Uh, it was a bit there was insane. Some source of water within our homes that we could. <laughs> I know. Well, I mean, apparently they're afraid that, like, when you turn on the water, it's going to coronavirus is going to come I, I out. Yeah. I don't understand it. I mean, hey, at the very least, people are finally buying the. I'm going to turn my phone off. Are finally buying the supplies that they need for the next big earthquake. Yeah. So uh, maybe that's the positive. I suppose. Uh, tell your wife to leave you alone while you're on the doing the show. I don't know you who know that was. She, you know that's who that was, sending you messages about the sex life of muscles. <laughs> no, we we um, we already had the, the the special talk about it. So, 
We might need to get a text. <laughs> Chris, thank you. I'm so sorry about all that. You delivered. Everyone out there, I really do apologize. Uh, <laughs> it was um, so good. Can't wait to see what you bring to us next time. Uh, all right, talk to you next weekend. <laughs> Later, Chris. Uh, when we come back, the latest from this morning, when Jackie Lacey's husband pulled a gun on protesters who were knocking on their door early in the morning. And her emotional response and apology about all of it, too. Gary and Shanna will continue. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Coronavirus continues to be a big story. Now six deaths in Washington State, most of them at a uh, long-term elder care facility. Most of those uh, in Kirkland, uh, but one case also in Snohomish County nearby. So the state of Washington is now under a state of emergency. Several schools have closed. There was one of the big uh, skyscrapers in downtown Seattle that closed because one employee may have had contact with somebody with COVID-19. Well, it looks like the fight between Los Angeles District Attorney Jackie Lacey and Black Lives Matter has come to a head early this morning on her front doorstep. These are protesters that have been mad at her for months over what they felt was the wrong decision not to prosecute Joe Buck after two black men were found dead. Ed Buck. Ed Buck. What did I say? Joe. Oh, that would have been a different Freudian story. slip. Yes, I yeah. know. <laughs> uh, anyway, you remember the story. This was a politically connected guy who lived in West Hollywood and liked the company of young black men and, as the story goes, liked to inject them with drugs and get them near death. Uh, well, the prosecutor's office will tell you that there was just not enough evidence to charge him at that time. But Black Lives Matter people had it out for Jackie, and they still do. Steve Gregory is joining us. Uh, there was a protest this morning outside of Jackie Lacey's house. Her husband answered the door with a handgun. What's yeah. going on? You know, uh, that video that was posted on Twitter went viral pretty quickly. And it is pretty dramatic video when you see it. It's not, It's not. you know, every day you see something like that, especially coming from the husband of the Los Angeles County District Attorney. So there were a lot of people that were pretty shocked and outraged by it. But the, the thing that, that was interesting is um, at 11 o'clock this morning, we had 35 minutes notice for Lacey doing a press conference to react to what had happened this morning. And in all the years I covered her, I've never heard her be so personal and so emotional and really this i think for her was a moment of um i think reflection and and, and you guys I, I think you've known her for as long as i've known her and i've never seen her be this kind of uh, an vulnerable yeah vulnerable and and i just want to play this real quickly for you um you know someone had asked her during the q a that if uh, does she ever get used to this does she ever get used to this kind of uh um, you know, protest at home and then being harangued and harassed and followed. I might have snapped at you the last time you said, I, aren't you used to it yet? You've dealt with it before. I don't think you ever get used to anybody coming to your house. It was frightening. I know that 
the protests have escalated. Even at the last debate, a guy ran toward the stage. I wasn't sure what was going to happen. Even at the art museum, when they surrounded me and I fell to the ground, you, you don't know what is going to happen. Sometimes there are protesters that mean well, but then there's people on the fringe who you don't know whether they're going to take advantage of you. I, I deal with this in a calm manner, so people think that I'm used to it. Well, I'm here to tell you I'm not. She says, you know, that her, uh, you know, oh, she and her family are very private people. And to, to all of a sudden, you know, make this a big, huge public spectacle is not something she was expecting this morning. And the way she described it is that the two of them, uh, her and her husband were upstairs in the bedroom and they heard a noise. And they were there alone. And um, they called the police. And then in the meantime, when the, you know, the noise escalated outside, then the husband went downstairs. She said, I wasn't down there. I didn't see what he did. I didn't see what he was doing. He did, that he came back upstairs and says, honey, um, there were Black Lives Matters people out there, and I did draw my gun. And so he told her right up front what had happened, and she talked about it openly this morning. Um, so at 12 o'clock, there was a press conference with the local chapter of the Black Lives Matter group. And the, the actual individuals that took that video this morning and were there. And I'll play for you now a little bit from uh, uh, Melina Abdullah. She's the one that said that uh, basically people's homes, especially if you're an elected official, um, are completely within the playing field. We've asked her to engage as a black mother with other black mothers and she's refused is a home off limit for um, off limits for a public official who runs and ducks from the public in the most horrifying of circumstances when they are literally pleading with her for help absolutely not absolutely so it's her view and the view of the black lives matters group that um Basically, Jackie Lacey's home is not off limits when they want to show up protest any time of the day or night. Well, uh, it's a, it's a listen. The video, like you said, it's not easy to watch. It's it's jarring to see somebody point a gun at, at anybody on their front porch. But I get it. I understand the frustration. I I can see why this happened. And the idea that a home would not be off limits. That's Especially at that time of day, you know that they're you know they're asleep. You know they're waking. Right. You and, are waking them up. And like Jackie said, you don't know who these people are. You don't know what they're capable of. You don't know if there's going to be a crazy person in that crowd who has a weapon. Uh, you don't know what you're dealing with. So Melina Abdullah responded to that because we all ask those questions. And her response was, uh, the Lacey's have a ring video system on their porch and that they should have seen that it was them because she says Lacey has um, Abdullah's cell phone number and knows who she is personally and that there was no excuse for her um, for this overreaction. Here's the thing. They have been following Jackie Lacey around for months and they have been going to everything that she is at. She cannot live her life normally. She's getting death threats. She's being shouted down all over the place. It's it, To me, that was a husband who is sick and tired of his wife having to live like that. Well, 
I and I asked the question. I said because they were talking about that she's a public figure that that they have the right to do this and do that and do the other. And I said, well, what about her husband and her family? They're not elected officials. And I said, so you think you've got the right to hassle them? And then instead of answering the question, they deflected and started saying, well, what about this woman here who lost her son? And what about? And I said, I get that, I understand it, and I'm sorry for that. But I said, you showed up to this, you know, it's, it's sort of an unwritten rule that homes are off limits like children and, and families. It's sort of off limits. And they did, they did not agree with that. Hey, uh, who would be responsible for security for the district attorney? That would be the sheriff's department. Okay. And, and I didn't get that question in because um, so when I walked in this morning, it was really interesting because we had no idea what to expect. And I've got to be honest with you, there was a little bit of scuttlebutt that they felt like that she might be announcing that she was stepping down because there were so many people in that media room this morning. Yeah. Uh, excuse me. I mean, not a lot of reporters, obviously, but a lot of her staff, it was like the entire department, the DA's office, they were inside that room and even more were coming in as we were getting set up. And then she walked out and you could also hear it in her voice when she's kind of sobbing and holding back the tears. It's like, this was very emotional for her and for her to come out and have to talk about it like this in that forum. And then, you know, we were trying to ask pointed questions, but they, they applauded when she walked in. And then at one point when she made a statement that she's, when someone said, are you ready to hang it up? You know, are you done? And she's like, no, she said, the, the work still has to be done. I'm here for the people. I've been a public servant all my life. And then there was, and the room erupted in applause again, and that sort of signaled the end of the press conference. So we didn't really get to ask any more questions, but it was a very unusual, and it was a first time for me to see her, as you say, Shannon, in a very vulnerable position. Well, and it's it's just a showing of support from her, the lawyers in her office who are terrified. You know, they signed up to be prosecutors and, and put criminals away and look out for victims. They didn't sign up to work for a public defender and George Gascon, who is actually getting numbers in L.A. County. For, for the primary tomorrow. I mean, they didn't sign up for that. They, he's going to come in and turn that office upside down. Well, you, she made an interesting point when she said, listen, I knew when I took this job and I knew when I was running for this office that I was going to prosecute some cases and not prosecute other cases. And I knew I was going to make some people angry and other people happy. And she says, I know that walking into this. So she said, it doesn't make it easy. But the fact now, I mean, she, she recounted a story at a recent, um, I think it was at the, the, I think it was the debate where she and Gascon were uh, talking or debating, and she told a story about her father being shot while, uh, while he was removing graffiti in mm-hmm. South, South Central, and she said, my father was shot, and, and she said someone from the audience hollered out that they were glad that her father got shot. Yeah. And then when she said, well, he didn't die, and then the guy hollered out, too bad. Too bad he didn't And die. these are the people showing up at the middle of the night on your doorstep, and you're not going to show force? You're not going to try and defend your home and your your family? I mean, this is the kind of people that we're dealing with, well, people that say, good thing your dad was shot in public. Right. And I wanted to ask the question if this means that she was going to get a security detail or not. I'm going to probably reach out to the Sheriff's Department here in a little bit, find out if now she's going to have a security detail. Because at this point, it's probably going to be warranted. Um, I'm, su- I'm frankly surprised she didn't have a security detail before. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, kind of surprising in terms of uh, in that video where her husband is referring to. We've called the police, right? Like that, uh, that they weren't already on scene. So, but Steve, thank you. Appreciate your work. Got it, guys. Take care. Steve Gregory there, and again, um, Jackie Lacey's.
husband pulled a gun on protesters who had come to their door very early this morning. She did also mention that um, she's clearly not going to be involved in the case. The DA's office won't be because it involves her and they've uh, let another agency come in and handle it. And I didn't know. I don't know if that's attorney general's office for the state that's going to handle it or the city attorney for L.A., um, but that somebody else will be in charge of prosecution if it gets that far. Mike Bloomberg is weighing in on if he is going to drop out of the race. Ooh. Talk about that when we come back. It's Gary and Shannon. to that you think it's going to come to that nope not necessarily again you just want to be just want to be aware and prepared but be aware you and know prepared. you're one That's of those all. stable people um, you're afraid that if i go it's all going <laughs> i'm afraid if that if you're freaking out about something no i have uh, my wife and i had this discussion we talked about if there's four of us in the house how much food like if right if today we had to survive, would be would we make it? Uh-huh. And the answer is yes. For how long? Fourteen days? Oh, easily. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we we would we would kill each other for being cooped up together far faster than any disease would take us out. Yeah. But but we've got plenty of food. We got a lot of water. There's beer. There's champagne. Well, that's all. You I need. mean, what else? I mean, come on. Yeah. Mostly water anyway, isn't it? Got a lot of eggs. Eggs are great. Lots of eggs. Michael Bloomberg says he is not dropping out of the primary race. Even as people are falling like flies, dropping like flies with Pete Buttigieg and out. Amy Klobuchar, out. Tom Steyer. Out! He was in Manassas, Virginia, and he told the crowd, I've won three elections so far. I don't plan to start losing now. Well, I hate to break it to him. Uh, He's going to have a rough day tomorrow. Yeah. I know that he's got name recognition, and I know that he's spending almost a half a billion dollars for advertisement just to get that name recognition. But he's going to have a rough, rough day tomorrow. Um, Now that we've got Pete Buttigieg out and Amy Klobuchar out, both of them have pledged their endorsement to Joe Biden. I guess tonight there's an event in Texas where Joe Biden is going to officially get the endorsement from the two former contenders. I I wonder if somebody came to them and said, listen, there's no way we can allow Bernie Sanders to do this as easily as it seems it's going to be. I mean, if they didn't get out of it, they were splitting that moderate vote for the Democrats. And I wonder how much of it was just We've got to come together. Supposedly, uh, Amy Klobuchar told CNN or one of her campaign staffers told CNN that her getting out of the race was clearly to try to unify the party. Yeah. Which means we can't let Bernie Sanders win. Right. I think when he won definitively in Nevada, the party finally had the crisis of conscience come to Jesus talk and say, are we gonna, really going to put a socialist on the top of the Democratic ticket? And they still might. I mean, this may be too little too late. Well, and then what does Warren do? Say Warren comes out and endorses Bernie Sanders. Yeah, I don't. What is that? 
she has said that she's going to stay in this thing through the convention because of the potential for there to be a brokered convention, and maybe she slips in and steals some of the delegates in the second round of voting, et cetera. I mean, there she may be deluded when it comes to uh, whether or not she actually has a chance at that, but she has said she will stay in the race. So I don't – listen, going forward, you have four candidates now, basically, that are – going to show up on debate stages if they if they all stay in. I mean, if Elizabeth Warren and Michael Bloomberg stay in. Joe Biden, Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren, and Michael Bloomberg. And unless she turns her attention to Bernie Sanders, there's no way, there's no way she gets the nomination. There's no way she has uh, even a whole lot more delegates to pick up. Even on a day like Super Tuesday where you've got hundreds of delegates available. I think it's like 1,900 delegates are available tomorrow alone. So, I don't... I don't know how she's going to do it. I don't know what's going to happen. I got an email, by the way. Oh, no. Speak. No, it's fine. Speaking of uh, Jackie Lacey, we were talking about what happened. Um, if I was her neighbor, I would be pissed off. There were people outside my house banging drums, which there were. Yes. Overnight. Her husband had a reasonable belief that his and his family's lives were in risk of great bodily injury, which gives him the right to have his gun pointed at them. Just because they are part of a known group does not mean they would not commit an act of violence. Excellent point. And regardless of whether she's a public figure, if they are told to get off the property, they have to get off. Disturbing the peace statutes apply regardless of whether or not she is a public figure. And I listen, any agency, whether they decide to press charges against her husband or not, is probably going to take all of that into consideration and the fact that she is a public figure. Um, so... Good. I hope she does get a security detail. All right. John and Ken show coming up next. We'll see you tomorrow. Stay dry, everybody. Blessings. That, that was a good show. I really like them. Gary and Shannon. Now is the time and wherever you are is the place. The Citadel makes it easier to earn your degree by offering master's degrees, graduate certificates, and undergraduate degree completion programs that are entirely online. Flexible scheduling makes these programs convenient for working professionals. Online classes are held to the same high standards that consistently name the Citadel, the number one master's granting public college in the South. The Citadel. Online. On your time. Visit citadel.edu slash online.